This is Books of Titans, the podcast dedicated to the influences of influencers. The books that have helped shape prominent inventors, business leaders, athletes, intellectuals, scientists, and others. We'll talk about what makes these books such classics and at least attempt to have an intelligent discussion about what makes them so important and influential. Hello, this is Eric Rostad coming to you right outside of Nashville, Tennessee. Today, I'm going to change things up a bit, and instead of discussing a book, I'm going to talk about a practical way to help you remember what you read. If you're unfamiliar with the Books of Titans project, I have a goal of reading 52 books per year. I started this project back in 2017, and I wanted to be sure that if I was going to read that many books and make the necessary time commitment and life changes to be able to do that, I sure as heck wanted to be able to to remember what I was reading. So I put things in place to to make sure that I was able to to recall what it was that I was reading. This all started probably five years ago when my sister-in-law was over at her house and she was looking at my bookshelves and she said, how do you remember what you read in these books? And I didn't have a good answer for her. And the truth is that I looked at the books on my bookshelf and I was thinking the same thing. Uh, Can I recall one thing from that book? And what was embarrassing is that I couldn't. I mean, these were some of these books I had, I had recently read and I could not tell you one thing from that book. I couldn't remember one thing. So that was a big eye-opener to me. And so here's my tip for, for this episode. And it's, it's just one tip. Try to implement one idea from each book that you read. Try to implement one idea from each book that you read. Not two, not 10 ideas, not 50, just one. Now that that may sound absurd because I know that you're reading some books that have dozens of ideas. They might have 50 good ideas in the book, but I want you to just focus on one of those ideas. So I call this the one thing. And if you've listened to any of the other podcast episodes, you'll know that I end each episode with my one key takeaway from each book. I call it the one thing, my one key takeaway. So in in this episode, I'm going to provide some examples of past one things and then also describe what one things might be for both fiction books and nonfiction books. So why just one thing? I noticed that if I tried to remember a lot of things from a book, I I wound up not remembering anything at all. But what I started seeing is that if if I remembered one thing from a book and immediately implemented it in my life, it would actually help me to remember other parts of the book as well. So it's this kind of counterintuitive idea of instead of trying to remember a bunch of things from a book, just try to remember one thing, but that in turn will actually help you to remember other things. And I'll I'll give some examples later in this episode. So for different types of books, so obviously for a productivity book, say Getting Things Done by David Allen, that is obvious. Like uh, a takeaway is obvious. The problem with that kind of book though is that there might be 10 to 20 takeaways and really good takeaways, things that you can immediately implement in your life. So with that book, the, the, the trouble might actually be just narrowing it down to one thing. 
But what about for novels? Like, what about you read a good fiction book, you read a good novel, it takes you in, but it's not, it's not like a productivity book. It's not something like, you know, here, here's how to, here's 10 steps to, to make your life better or 10 steps to, to be more productive. So in, in that case, what, what should you do? What, what could be a good takeaway? And I, I, for, for novels, I, a lot of times it's, it's questions that are posed that, that make you think. So it, the key takeaway might be that question, and you might not be able to answer that question, and that question may eat at you for years, but that, that could be your key takeaway. It, it's something to, to think about. Oftentimes with, with novels, I find that uh, my takeaways are, are uncomfortable. It might be something I, I don't necessarily want to, to think about, but the question is put forward in the book. Uh, I, th- I think of some of the, the best novels I've read, and they they go about actually asking a question. Uh, so for like crime and punishment, the question from the protagonist is, can I commit a crime and get away with it? But not get away w- with it from the law. He he knew he was smart enough to, to get away, from, away with the, the crime and not get caught. But could he get away with the crime from his own conscience? Could he, could he, conscience, could he get away from the crime from having to look in the mirror every night and, and know what he had done? That's the question Dostoevsky tried to answer in that, in that book. And, and that, that might be the question that you're left with after, after reading that book. And another cool thing about one things is that you'll start to see similar one things, one uh, key takeaways from different books that you read. And they, these may be different types of books. Like one might be a business book. Another one might be a novel. Another one might be a memoir, but you, you'll see common themes, common, common one things that, uh, that are key takeaways. And it just makes it all that more powerful and, and memorable in, in your life. So here are some examples from, from books that I've read for this project. I'll start with a book, All the King's Men. And the, my one thing, my one key takeaway from this book was actually something that surprised me. So when I, when I go into reading the, the books for this project, I try not to read a lot about the book before I read it. I, I want to be surprised. But just even looking at a cover, you're going you're to have some idea of what the book is about. And so for All the King's Men, I knew it was a book about a politician, so my expectation was that it was going to be a, a book about the grand sweeping changes that this politician could made for his city. But that's not what it was about. It was more about that politician, that man, and those who were closest to him and how he treated those closest to him. That in turn impacted how he did as a politician. But it was something that surprised me. So that was my one key takeaway from that book, and it, and it was something unexpected. Or take Natural Born Heroes. My one key takeaway from that book was something that I actually implemented immediately after reading the book. One of the things, and this was just a small part of the book, but, but in the book, uh, the author highlights a diet called the Maffetone Diet. It's a diet where you eat all fat and then when you exercise, you try to maintain a level to where you don't go over a certain 
fairly low heart heart rate. So for for running, you have to you, you're pretty much walking. You can't really exert all that much to to stay below that heart rate rate. And the goal with this diet is to get you to stop burning carbs while you run and to start burning fat. It's to to train your body so that you can do longer endurance runs. Because if you're just burning out the the carbs. You may have a good punch for a while, but that's going to wear off. But if you're if you're running off of fat, if you're burning fat instead, you can go for a lot longer. So around the time I was reading this book, I, I knew that I was going to be doing a marathon soon after. So this this diet was intriguing to me because I, I, I my my hope at least was that if I if I started this, that it would help me in my running in the marathon. But and, and I did that diet for, for two weeks and, and I learned a lot. It was a great experiment. I actually just did a very similar diet this past month in August of 2019. And again, just another great experiment. But when I think back to that Maffetone diet and making that one change from that book, I remember so many parts of the book. That book was not about Maffetone diets. That book was about Crete, the island of Crete off of Greece during World War II. Crete and the Greeks living there fought off the Nazis. The Nazis at, at that time, they were blazing through other countries and they got to Crete and they just couldn't, they couldn't, ha- they couldn't get a handle on the country. And the, the book kind of asked the question, why? What, what was it about the people of Crete that allowed them to fight back? Uh, what was it that kept them going? Uh, the Nazis were trying to starve them out. So how did they on, on uh, such a, a meager diet, how were they able to scale mountains and get away from the Nazis or fight the Nazis or run, you know, tens of tens of miles uh, through the night on, on this diet? And, and what it came back to was that they had a diet high in fat and that they, that allowed them to do a lot of the things they, they did. That in turn helps me remember other parts of the, of the story. They kidnapped a Nazi general. <laughs> like... These people in Crete kidnapped a Nazi general. Uh, and then I, I remember other parts of the story from that. And it all comes from doing that one thing of, of implementing that diet immediately from reading that book. It just helps me, re- me remember all of the other stories from the book. Here's another one that was very recent. I just read Einstein by Walter Isaacson. And my one key takeaway from that book was, was something that just it, it touched my soul. And it was a, a situation where it's it's in the late 1930s. Einstein's in the United States at this point. He's been kicked out of Germany, or at least he can't get back in because he's a Jew. And he has been kicked out of the country. He knows what is happening to Jews. His, his house in Germany has been ransacked. His family members are facing persecution. And there is a Christian prayer group in the, the United States in, in Princeton, I believe, at the, at the time. And they asked Einstein to join because they were going to have a prayer for the, the Jews that were being persecuted in the world. Einstein was a non-religious man. Uh, he, he was a Jew, but he was he, kind of a non-religious Jew. And he agreed to go to the, to the meeting. He kind of shocked everybody by, by agreeing to go. And he brought his violin. And when it was his turn to, to offer a prayer, he picked up his violin and played on the violin. And I just thought it was such a beautiful moment. I, I, 
just try to imagine what it was like for, for the people there, um, for, for him to have done that. But that being my key takeaway, because it, 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 it sparked something, it touched something in me that helps me remember that Einstein, when he was generating his theories, he would oftentimes take out his violin and play it. And so when I think of that, that helps me remember a lot of the theories that are covered in the book. It helps me remember comments his son made about Einstein playing the violin. So again, that one key takeaway kind of opens up all these other things that helps me remember the book. Another powerful book from this year's list, AI Superpowers by Kai-Fu Lee. I got that. I got this book. This was another one that kind of an unexpected turn of events in the book. I got this book because I, I had an idea of, of wanting to start helping companies know what jobs might be going away in the future. So they could perhaps prepare their workforce or prepare their, the company to, to, to follow and, and know, perhaps know what's, what's coming on, on, on that front. So that's why the reason I got the book. And, and there was a lot of great information about that, uh, that Kai-Fu Fu Lee read or, or wrote about. I made notes of that. I, I, I was underlining all that of, of the jobs that would potentially get, get displaced uh, with, in, in, with the advent of uh, artificial intelligence. What I didn't expect, and my one key takeaway from, from this book, was that the author Kai-Fu Lee gets cancer. And it has him rethink his entire life. And yeah, that, you know, that, that happens a lot, but it was really powerful in this book because he's, Kai-Fu Lee says he kind of became like an AI algorithm. He, he almost became an algorithm himself. He was trying to optimize everything. He optimized time with his family, like just enough time so they didn't get mad at him, but not too much that it didn't interfere with his work. And he just kind of had an algorithm for everything, like do this, don't do that. Uh, and, and, it, it worked out very successfully for him. I mean, he, he was running companies, like very successful life. But when he got cancer, it helped him see that by him optimizing everything, what he was doing is setting himself up to compete with artificial intelligence. And AI was going to kill you any, every time in that race. Like there is no way if you just keep getting more and more productive that you're ever going to be able to beat AI uh, especially the the power that it has going into the future. Like, you're not going to win that battle. So what is going to help you win that battle, though, is empathy and relating to people and having those kind of skills. And it was just a powerful lesson and something that, that helps me remember a lot of the rest of that book, but also to put it into proper perspective. Another book, War and Peace. This was one of the first books that I, I started the, the one thing in the podcast episodes. And my one thing, one key takeaway from that was to, to be careful how you look at history. The great thing about War and Peace is that it's a book about what we know as the Napoleonic Wars. It's when Napoleon went into Russia. They're called the Napoleonic Wars. Like that's what we know them as. Almost everything we read about them is from the viewpoint of Napoleon. But War and Peace is from the viewpoint of a lot of people. Some of the chapters, you're actually kind of looking at, the, at things through Napoleon's eyes. But most of the chapters, you're looking at it through 
a Russian soldier or a Russian aristocrat or a general of the Russian army. And so you're looking at it from all these different perspectives. And, and that's, that was t- one of Tolstoy's big points in, in that book. He, he didn't want people to just look at the war through French eyes or, or through Napoleon's eyes, uh, the great man theory. He didn't want that. He wanted you to look at everybody involved. He wanted you to look at the common soldier as well as the general. But that one key takeaway helps me remember all the different people in the book that, that we learn their story. I'll, I'll just give one more example here. Touching the Rock. This was a book written by someone who is blind. And my one key takeaway from that book was that whenever people were trying to help him, it was actually unhelpful. And so my, my key takeaway from the book was just, if I don't know what to do around somebody where uh, they may need help, they may not, the best thing to do is just ask them. And, and he would tell people when, when he needed help. But if he was walking, like, it was best for him to, to not be talking. If somebody came up to them and, to him and, and tried to talk while he was walking, it actually dis- distracted him to where he, he, couldn't, he couldn't walk as well. And they thought they were helping because, you know, they're kind of walking alongside of him, but, but it was actually harming him. So that helped me remember a lot of situations that he came up in, in the book with different people. And then it just kind of reinforces that, uh, that key takeaway of if, if you're unsure, just, just ask. So to recap this episode, one thing, just, just try to put it into practice. I, I, think, I think it'll really help you in remembering what you read. Don't try to do more than one thing. Just start with one thing from each book, but do it immediately. Put it into practice right away. I know that some people out there have the gift of being able to, to recall everything that they read. They, they might have a photographic memory and, and just be able to, to, to even see the page that they read. I'm not one of those people, and I need a lot of help remembering what I read. I do a number of practices from taking notes to writing a review on the Books of Titans website after I read a book. Uh, I I put a a few lines in Goodreads after I I finish a book. I do a podcast about each book. I do, I go, I overkill. I go extreme on trying to remember books. But the thing that has helped me the most is to implement one idea or to to really ponder one idea from each book and to be able to, to... have that be the thing that I think about when I'm looking at my bookshelf and I'm looking at the books. Have that one key thing that I remember. And the counterintuitive thing about all that is it actually helps me remember a lot more of the book. I hope this was helpful. Please let me know if it was. Uh, you can email me at eric, E-R-I-K, at booksoftitans.com. That's going to do it for this episode. You can follow Books of Titans on Instagram or Twitter at Books of Titans. If you haven't already done so, you can subscribe to this podcast and find all of our past episodes as as well as uh, subscribe so that you get the new ones every Friday from now on. If you're enjoying the podcast, please please review it or just shoot me an email. Tell me what you what you think. I One of the reasons I started this project was to, to be able to talk to people about the books that I was reading. So I'd, I'd love to hear from you. I, I really would. Until next week, keep reading, keep learning, and keep listening. I'm out.